public, uh, our capital of commerce uh, port master plan. It's a plan that is a comprehensive document um, that is, is built in a way that's very, very flexible. It's very nimble, but it really serves as a roadmap towards what we believe to be the futuristic steps that have to take place for the Port Authority to meet the demands of the maritime industry moving forward. Uh, this pathway really talks about land use and infrastructure projects. The Port Authority today, uh, in the Port Department, uh, we manage approximately 3,000 acres of maritime interests. So our, our, uh, our Port Master Plan has, has taken it on about a two and a half year process to build the plan in itself. Uh, there were hundreds of uh, interviews with various stakeholders throughout the port industry, uh, 50 different workshops, six, 65 or more different, different presentations. There were multiple community outreach and other industry stakeholder uh, interviews that took place to build the, to build the plan. So in order to figure out the forward plan of where we're going, let's just take one quick look in the rearview mirror here and see where we came from. So, so back in, uh, in April of 1956, Malcolm McLean, who was then the president of Sealand Services, took a World War II T2 oil tanker and converted it into a container ship. That, that ship is the SS Ideal X, and in April of 56, she carried 58 containers from New York down to Texas. That was the infancy of the maritime industry as we know it today in the container world. The world at that point in time became a much smaller place to travel. That is the CMA CGM Teddy Roosevelt celebrating its inaugural passage underneath the major infrastructure project by the Port Authority uh, completed last year, which was the raising of the Bayonne Bridge, a $1.3 billion project uh, by the Port Authority but now enables vessels of 14,000 containers to pass underneath the bridge and into the harbor. Along with that passage in the raising of the bridge, the harbor was also deepened to 50 feet. The completion of the $600 million rail infrastructure project was also completed. These other infrastructure projects now allow for 18,000 capacity container ships to enter into the harbor. And today, of the 14,000 TEU vessels, the harbor can handle nine of those ships simultaneously. So we're really here to talk about the future, and that's really the basis of what our plan is all about. Where does that plan, where does the pathway lead us? So we believe that the industry is moving in that direction, and we've got to be ready for the next wave of vessels. So you saw that 58 container vessel 
lead then into 14,000 container vessels. So what's the next phase? Our pathway is pretty well sketched out. There's a lot of unknowns for sure, but we're preparing in the best manner that we can. That's why that plan was built with flexibility into it so we can adapt to the changes as time moves on. So right now you're looking at an autonomous vessel. These animations are built uh, in schematics with the cooperation from uh, Nippon Yusin out of Japan and Rolls-Royce. Pretty interesting stuff. So as I mentioned earlier, one of our major roles is managing the infrastructure and the 3,000 acres that the Port Authority uh, is responsible for today. So let's talk about the land use and what we have. So today, this green line indicates the capacity of these 3,000 acres. And that capacity today is about 9.8 million containers worth. Last year, we did 7.3 million containers. So let's look forward in the, on the timeline here. Here we are today. Here's your 7.3 million. In five years, we're still under capacity. In 10 years, we about reach capacity. And then in 15, 20, and then out to 30, this is the forecasted growth. So let me take you through this, these two growth lines. This growth line here talks about what we call the local market. That's freight that's delivered by truck. It may go to Connecticut, it may go to Pittsburgh, it may go to Baltimore. So it's all the local freight that we see and appreciate here in our local, in our local stores. So we believe that by, in 30 years time from today, that that local market is going to go from 7.3 to about 12 million containers. At the same time, we are expecting that the growth, the total growth is going to be about 17 million containers. This line is what we refer to as our discretionary cargo. The discretionary cargo is what comes in, discharged off the ship, and it immediately goes to a train. That train is th then feeding Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, Columbus, Kansas City, East St. Louis. Name the names, and today we are, reaching, we are discharging freight in the Port of New York and New Jersey, putting it on a train for California. So our local market grows here in, by 30 years to 12 million containers, and the rail will grow, get us to 17 million containers. So how do we do this? Well, what I've just described to you, this volume against this capacity is done under today's working conditions. Same amount of hours, same amount of equipment, same amount of longshoremen, same amount of basically everything. The mode of operation on how the terminals operate today does not change. Here's where it begins to change. 
I've already mentioned the raising of the Bayonne Bridge, allowing for the larger vessels. I've already mentioned the deepening of the harbor to allow for larger vessels. I've already mentioned that the, we've completed the fourth express rail facility in the harbor today. Our terminal operators are raising cranes. Our terminal operators are enhancing their yard technology, their gate systems, their terminal equipment. It's all moving in the same direction for growth and capacity management. So this is the picture that we're looking at. This is not a full list of all the drivers that are being contemplated throughout the growth of our plan. But we've got them highlighted here in some categories. We're calling sustainability. We're calling technology, supply chain cooperation, and energy. And I'll just touch base real quickly on these because I want to keep our, our, our group on schedule here. But certainly, in about 75, month, uh, 75 weeks from today, fuel will be the topic of discussion if it's not already driving discussions today at a, at a very paramount level. I think there's another panel going on right now specifically on that topic. The Port Authority today has already initiated clean vessel incentive programs for our container shipping companies that are coming into the harbor. Slow steaming will be a fixed product of the ocean carriers. And certainly, we are already in the port of New York and New Jersey. We are using the, the electric and hybrid vehicles for our own Port Authority fleet, as well as introductory equipment in the terminal operating uh, processes today in each of our container terminals. We've already mentioned autonomous uh, ships coming forward. You've heard the Trucks are now are going to be a driverless. I just came home from Germany about two weeks ago, reading an article that planes will be flying within 10 years without a pilot. I don't think I want to be on that plane, but uh, we'll see where it takes us. Certainly, offshore operations, and my next slide will address some of that. You'll see where um, the planning for just new innovative ideas has to be researched, and certainly cybersecurity Many of you may be aware that Maersk line last year suffered a worldwide cyber attack on their system. It literally shut Maersk down for days, if not weeks, down to a manual process. So cybersecurity is in the forefront of the futuristic maritime industry as it relates to containers and certainly passenger uh, shipping. Digitalization. Uh, data sharing platforms, it's already happening today. We are using what we call a TIPS program, which is a transfer of information program where a trucker can see visibility to his container. Is that container free to be discharged? Are all the fees paid for? Manifests are being, are being shared, obviously, from vessel call to vessel call to vessel call. The process is being rapidly uh, advanced simply through the sharing of data. This is an interesting thought here. Not really sure on the commercial impact of different products that will no longer be needed to be shipped internationally when I can print it in my own warehouse. 
so we're keeping an eye on the 3D printing concept and how it grows and the, and the commercial impact on product availability. And then certainly, and probably one of the more important sides of how is our energy going to be uh, uh, gained? The Port Authority, what we are considering today is building our own grid and to service our terminal operators. Certainly, LNG will be becoming forefront to how vessels are being fueled and where that takes us, it'll just be more LNG to come in the years, in the years forward. Same with offshore wind and same with solar energies. Again, we are using these concepts to assess and review what we need as a Port Authority to be doing to maintain that the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey remains in the top 25 ports in the world in terms of commerce distribution, the number one port on the U.S. East Coast and the number two port in, the, in North America. So that's really the, the gist of my remarks. I just wanted to take you to a very brief uh, video here and then I think we might have, a, have just a few minutes for maybe two or three questions. These yellow jacketed containers, they're called cassettes. This is how the vessels will ballast themselves now. It'll, it's about a 10 or 15 minute process. I don't know what it takes today. Jeff, you might have a better idea on how long it takes to ballast a ship, but. Yeah. Yep. Those cassettes will then be driven, in, in, case, in, the, in the case of uh, New York, those cassettes and that barge will be driven out to a vessel that's parked, parked, that's dropped at anchor just beyond the Varanzano Bridge. Those cassettes will be driven into the back and the bottom of the mother vessel. And inside the vessel, those cassettes will be attached to elevators and then lifted and positioned inside and then on top of the, uh, uh, on, on top of the ship for their di different ports of discharge. Pretty slick. Those are my comments. We're staying on time here. We've got about two minutes for questions. Should anyone have any? Yes, sir. Yes. We are, thanks for your question. Uh, we are actually uh, measuring today every vessel that calls the port receives a global index score. So we are looking at every single vessel that calls the port. And when vessels are, are transferring from uh, their, their, their cruise fuel to a low sulfur fuel as they're entering, entering the, the harbor, they will be receiving points 
on a, on, a global stable, on a global scale, on a global basis. We are measuring every single vessel. Of the, my gosh, you're going, I want to say there's 86 different vessels that call the port today. It's like upwards around the mid-70s of these vessels today are all, are all transferring to a low sulfur fuel vessel. So the ward is monetary, and they are paid based on their point systems. So that's how we are rewarding them. Before it becomes mandated, this is inciting. And we are seeing a trend of the newer vessels are all being compliant towards the new fuel restrictions. Yes, sir. Hi. Um, this is Morgan. Oh, uh, my question is, uh, these vessels that uh, you show here, um, they're, they're almost like barges that look like they'll serve more local ports, um, which I think is a great idea. Uh, now, the Port of Albany had such a service for a few years, uh, from 2000, 2003 to 2006. And uh, one of the, it, it would have been a very viable service had not the cost to put that container onto a barge been significantly higher than what the port charges to put that same container onto a truck. So my question is, if such a service could be very viable, and there's many different inland ports and on the Long Island Sound, on the Hudson River, uh, that could be very economically served by such a service, why is the cost to put that same container onto a barge significantly higher. Thanks for your question. So what you're referring to is, is the Albany Barge program that existed several years ago. Ocean carriers would offer a bill of lading to the Port of Albany. Containers were barged from the Port of New York and New Jersey up through the Hudson to the Port of Albany. The containers were then emptied from its import cargo. What do you do with that piece of equipment now that it's empty? If you cannot find a return load, there's a cost associated with bringing that empty back to the port or sending that empty to another area where you're needed, where it's needed for an export move. So the funding that supported that program, when that funding ended, the cost for that empty move resurfaced and it was the ocean carriers who decided we are not going to absorb that cost if if our importer wants to uh, work with us on that you're going to pay for the move from the port of new york new jersey to albany but you're also going to pay me to get my equipment back to the port of new york and new jersey so that's why that program um, ended at that point in time all about the economics. I think we have time for one more question. Yes, sir. Um, several months ago, the Maritime Administration uh, awarded uh, a short stay. Several months ago, the Maritime Administration awarded a, 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 a grant uh, for a consortium of, as, as I understand it, it's a consortium of ports that are going to further uh, short sea shipping along the East Coast. So uh, just wondering if there's been any update on that. I'm not, I'm not sure that consortium has got, gotten to work. And then the other question, how does short sea shipping fit, fit in with the longer term strategic plan of uh, 
of the Port of New York and New Jersey? Well, we're very fortunate that we have two gentlemen in the audience here that can probably answer those questions a little bit better than myself. Brian, you want to you take a stab at that? There you go. Jeff, you, you want to make a comment on that? There you go. <laughs> I think we are out of time. Uh, I thank you very much for your attention, and uh, good luck to you all.